this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. Today, my special guest is Jodie Scholes. Welcome to you, Jodie. Thank you, Bev. I'm glad to be here. It's so great that we're talking about a topic that hasn't been discussed on the show. And we'll start with maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So for the past 25 years, I have been a licensed massage therapist. I have worked with about, well, the last estimate was about 20,000 clients personally. Uh, I have owned and operated and sold a large massage clinic. I've written a book and now I'm applying to do a TEDx talk. So that's a little bit about me and my background. Oh, that's exciting. TEDx is a big preparation out here. So. It is, it is. <laughs> and how would you describe your own well-being journey? Because I've noticed with guests on the show, they usually came to something because of a personal experience or sometimes a relative's experience. So what's your story about well-being? You know, it's, it's such an interesting journey. There's, there's, uh, there's so many little tentacles of, of how I came to be where I'm at. I grew up in New England in the US and I thought of myself as somewhat adventurous. So I wanted to get out of the small state. I ended up in a, a job, a sales and marketing job, a proper job, right? Uh, and grew with the organization, ended up in Canada. I was in Toronto. And while I was there, I saw this, the only self-care that I did at that time was with a reflexologist, uh, an old wise German guy, Gunter. He helped me to tune back into my body. And long story short, I ended up resigning from the company. And a few months later, ended up in massage school, very much by divine order. I thought, I should learn to do this. You know, this, is, this is cool. My entrepreneurial spirit had me open a massage clinic uh, where I spent the next 14 years doing qualitative research on the hidden reasons for pain. Um, I sold the practice and started teaching at our local college uh, in the massage therapy program. And the catalyst for my change, um, I could have settled in there just fine. But in 2012, my dad passed away. And then in 2016, my baby sister passed away. And I realized the universe was trying to get my attention. It was trying to help me recalibrate my journey. Like I had settled in, so to speak. And so I decided to move. I was still in Washington, DC. It had been 25 years. I had no intention of staying that long, but I moved back to New England. And to be honest, Bev, it was horrible. (laughs) Um, It was cold. I was lonely. 
And yet it gave me a void. It gave me a space to reconnect with my inner purpose. I sensed it, but I, I had not made any room for it. From there, the book came. And then from there, you know, I started doing live workshops, consultations, and you know, um, speaking quite regularly about the hidden reasons for pain. So that's what, that's been my journey in a, a sound bite. <laughs> mm, wow. And we know that pain is a signal that the body is giving us, but what are the his, hidden reasons for that sort of persistent pain? Yeah, so there are root causes that we usually don't look about, look at. Um, doctors traditionally really focus on the biology, on the blood work, on the test results. But the hidden reasons for pain are usually, for some people, in a mental or emotional trauma that is showing up as physical pain. And it's stuff we, we don't want to take a look at in our lives. Chronic pain, persistent pain, is a messenger. It's actually showing up to tell us something. It's showing up to demonstrate a lack of harmony in some area of our life. And it's our, it's our opportunity to look at those hidden reasons that pain is showing up. And that leads to the body blueprint because there's very specific reasons certain body parts are in pain. There's a body blueprint that's ancient. Um, and that's what the book is about, is the blueprint for the body on what each body part tells us. Mm, that's fascinating. So for somebody like myself, I, in January of 2020, I've broken my ankle. In fact, shattered it would be a word. And obviously I realized and recognized that there would be some physical pain from the surgery and you know restorative surgeries because they had to reconstruct my ankle but what mm. i re also recognize and to what you're talking to is that there was some other reason behind that and i needed to explore that and give myself the time and grace to actually mm. understand what mm. was the whole story behind first of all breaking my ankle and then the way that it wasn't healing what was that about so that helped me sort of sit in that space. I understand what you mean about taking the time and being in that space to explore. Do you think that people need the pain to actually stop? Or, you know, what is it about the pain? What is the message in the pain often? So I would love to dig deeper on that ankle, by the way, because ankles have a very specific role. But the pain shows up to get our attention, as I mentioned. And pain will tap us on the shoulder, tap us on the shoulder, and then it'll pick up a big stick and hit us upside the head and say, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, now I have to stop everything and pay attention. I can do nothing but think about this pain. And that's wherein our disharmony, the, the upset, the hidden things that we've kind of squished down, we've put in a box and put a lid on it. That's when we get to take a break. We take a break, break the ankle. Yeah. And there's some space to work on this thing that we kind of know we sort of should be working on. It's part of our journey, but we'll, we'll get to it another time, another place. Oh, I can just ignore that for now. 
Um, that's what the pain shows up for. When we are truly ready to release something uh, from our lives or to welcome it in. In fact, ankles are directly related to feet and feet represent taking the next step in life. And so ankles are the flexibility to take the next step in life. And so that's for some people what they get to take a look at according to the body blueprint. Now, could it be that it was just a bad mountain bike accident? Sure, could be a car accident. But there, my experience after 25 years, I have learned that there's almost always a story behind the injury, a story behind the pain that we have the opportunity to explore. Yes, exactly. So I surrounded myself with a number of different types of practitioners because some of the parts I thought, I've been dealing with this for a while. But like you said, is, is it at the point where you let, were ready to let go completely of whatever that past trauma is or whatever that new change or, or what you need to embed in your life and and be so it's really it was really fascinating journey for me i wouldn't wish a broken ankle on anybody and it's still healing so um, i'm in the process let's say so i'm in the process but you talk about the biopsychosocial reasons for pain so tell us more mm -hmm. about that certainly um we started talking about it bev the biopsychosocial so bio, the biology, the psycho, the psychology, and the social. So this is a word that researchers have used, the biopsychosocial model, or this biopsychosocial reasons for pain. And it may seem like a new word. It was introduced in 1977 um, by a very smart fellow named Dr. George Engel. Um, but this principle is actually ancient. It's been around for thousands of years. And what we've observed in the West is that many medical professionals focus on the bio, on the biology, and don't really take into consideration the psycho or the social. They're very driven by a symptom. And to get to the heart of healing, we actually need to look at the cause. And sometimes that cause is beyond the physical. So the biopsychosocial reasons for pain, we look at the biology, we can't ignore that, um, and we need to address that. But we also, to fully treat the patient, to fully treat the human, we have to look at the mental state. We have to look at the emotional state and treat that person wholly, all three. And that's what the biopsychosocial model talks to. And that's actually what the book is based upon because we've got a whole medical you know, team of people who will look at the biology, but then we kind of get stuck when it comes to the psychosocial. And so I have compiled, aggregated um, the body's blueprint so that when there's pain in a certain area, we can look at the, the biology of it. Do you need surgery? Does it need to be repaired? I mean, I don't want you walking around with a broken ankle. No. That's not going to fix itself, right? Yeah. So we have to address that. But then we look beyond and we say, okay, is there more here? And that's where we get to a deeper experience of healing. It's amazing because the body is 
it, it really does have infinite wisdom. And so mm. I love that, you know, there is that link. And yet I think also in the Western medical system, we've been conditioned to accept the body as parts. And I love that you talk about treating the whole person. So I've seen experience of this in my own family where, you know, some, one of the specialists deals with the problem, but it actually impacts another part of even the physical body, but they mm -hmm. don't know how to deal with that. And so you kind of, you know, in between two specialists and yet actually you haven't got to the root cause. So yes, there might be something uh, that needs to be addressed on a one physical layer, but nobody's bothered about the rest of that. And I just, I find it really fascinating. And I guess it's, I suppose you wouldn't want a plumber fixing your car. So I get that, you know, you, you need spe specialist skills, but it's, I love how you're talking about the fact that we're seeing, you know, the mental, the emotional and the, the body's biology and finding out where there's disharmony so that you can actually create that space of ease and fullness and wholeness in the body. So that's really exciting. I love that. I'm looking forward to reading the book. <laughs> yes. Well, the pain is the messenger. Yeah. That there is disharmony. Mm. We just have to figure out on, on all the levels or on only one level mm. because they're all related. Now you spoke about my ankle. So I'm very curious to also say, you know, what are some of the common types of pain that clients have experienced and what was the body trying to say? Because there might be somebody sitting here on the edge of their seat waiting to hear, will she, will she mention my thing? <laughs> so yeah. could you talk yeah. about a few examples just to help people understand the connection? I sure will. Yeah. And I do a monthly webinar um, on a body part per month. So we would circle through the whole body. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple common ones today. Shoulders are a very common area for soreness, tenderness, injury. Uh, and I remember clearly treating one client, female, the case study she is in her 50s, uh, had had one rotator cuff repair, but it had come back with shoulder pain. And I, she was on, on her second round of physical therapy when she was sent to me for treatment for the muscles. And as we started the conversation, I could sense that her shoulder had been repaired. You know, I could see the scars and she had told me about her journey through physical therapy. And I thought there's something more here. Well, shoulders represent the weight of the world on your shoulders, having to put your shoulder to the wheel, these idioms that we've grown up with, right? They're there for a reason. And so as we explored, I asked her about her role in her family and it became obvious that she took on a lot of responsibility. She was really the glue that held her family together. Um, had a child who was not really taking care of her kid and as a grandma was ending up having to take care of um, you know, her grandchild and, and her daughter was living with her. And, I mean, and so there was just a lot of heaviness around that. And there just wasn't a lot of self-care for my client. So once she started talking about that and started acknowledging that things were imbalanced, she was able to ask for help. She actually asked her husband. She asked a neighbor to help. 
And it was remarkable how when that responsibility fell less on her shoulders, how her pain decreased. Now, did we do the work? We did the work. We did the physical work. She showed up, she got her massages, she did her pre-T, but the emotional component, the mental stress was definitely a part of that healing process. Another example of common that I see all the time are knees. And you know, people are, oh, my knees, oh, I have to get up slowly. I have to, oh, I have to help myself get up. And knees are, yeah, sure, they can wear out and, you know, but sometimes it's about what the knee represents. The knee, what do we do with knees? We bend, right? We, we kneel. Well, knees represent bending against our will. It, they actually represent bowing down or kneeling to someone or someone else's will. So I had one client uh, who was kind of accidental, had been having knee pain off and on, and uh, it, he wasn't even a bodywork client. I actually was his client. He was my personal trainer. And he said, oh, Jody, I used to be a catcher. That's why my knees hurt. I'm like, yeah. He goes, but you're, you wrote that book, right? What do they mean? So I explained. And he got really quiet. And I said, well, you know, it's probably because you were a catcher in high school and in college. I mean, he almost went pro. Spent a lot of time crouched behind home plate, you know? He said, you know, Jody, I'd agree with you, except you know, my girlfriend, she always was really controlling. And we couldn't even go out without getting in a fight because if I talked to anyone else, she'd get jealous. And I, we broke up about two months ago and I haven't had any knee pain. Wow. And I said, hmm, yeah, that could be part of the equation, right? So pain shows up to get our attention. It, it, it demonstrates, it's a messenger about disharmony in our life. And when we're ignoring it, you know, when, it, when something's not in our best interest, and yet maybe we're just trying to keep the peace or we're, we're bending against our own will, and a little bit of resentment starts to show up. Let, let's address that before it gets to be pain. You know? Those are a couple common examples. That's great. So what I'm thinking, if somebody's listening, Jody, and they kind of identify, oh, you know, I've had this persistent pain, obviously they need to take the physical care of it. But where could they start? What are some first steps to address this? All right. So if you're listening and you have some pain, this is not hard. This is actually really very easy. We first have to acknowledge the pain. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend it's not there. We have to just acknowledge. Once we acknowledge, we have to make some space to pay attention to it. So to get quiet for five minutes, I mean, your listeners could even just set the timer on their cell phones, five minutes. And to sit in the quiet, and in the quiet, we would ask, what do you want to tell me? I mean, we can get fancy and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? But all you have to do is ask that question of, as you say, your inner wisdom. And then typically, quite often, an idea comes to mind. Oh, I'm supposed to address this. Now, for some people, an idea or... Um, a person or a place or a thing doesn't immediately pop into mind. And that's with the body blueprint, because based on where that pain is, there's a category 
that you can ask yourself a deeper question about. So as I said with shoulders, where is the imbalance of responsibility right now? Where am I taking on more than my fair share at home or at work? You know, with a knee, where am I bending my will? So if in that five minutes, an idea doesn't immediately pop up, then you can look at the body part and say, okay, what does that represent? Oh, now I understand. And that typically is why pain is showing up. Um, so that's how your listeners could get started just by creating a little quiet, acknowledge, create a little quiet space for five minutes and ask a simple question. What do you want to tell me? I think what we need is simplicity sometimes. I think that many people, and I include myself in this, we often don't pause and reflect. And I love that you're mm. saying, you know, create that space, even if it's only five minutes and ask that question. That's really powerful. And Jodie, let's talk a little bit more about the book. So the book's title is The mm. Body Blueprint, How Your Pain Tells a Story. Why did you write it and who is it aimed at? You know, who's it for? Ah, so I wrote it because this was fascinating to me and I really just wanted to document it. I wanted to give credit to uh, the, the giants who have come before me in traditional Chinese medicine and authors like Carolyn Mice and Louise Hay. I mean, they have spoken about this topic. I wrote the book because I wanted to give the reader tools, not just an affirmation. Those work for many people, but for many people, they, they're just not into it yet. You know, they haven't really been down that journey yet. And so I wanted to give them some simple tools to understand uh, what that pain could be about. And originally I thought I was writing the book for massage therapists because I thought there's other people like me, you know, who want to like give this information to their clients. And what I realized was that my clients were benefiting so much from understanding the blueprint that really I was writing for the seeker, the person in pain who is really investigating themselves. They're curious about understanding what's going on with them. And these are, the seeker is willing to look beyond the physical. They're willing to go to those edges a little bit and explore um, what could be going on here. They're, they're learning. Um, and so that's, that's who the book is for. Um, people in chronic pain, people who have loved ones in chronic pain, and to help them understand maybe a different angle on why that showed up. Mm, that's amazing. And so what sort of legacy are you wanting to leave with the book? Oh, wow. The legacy is that there is ancient wisdom in the body. And I'll categorize it in the terms of massage. You know, when I do a massage session or when anyone gets a massage or a Reiki uh, treatment or, um, you know, it's not the practitioner that's healing you. Your body has an innate ability to heal. As practitioners, we facilitate a space. And so this book's legacy is that the healing power is within you. You have the answer. And if we just pay attention, then we are empowered to heal from the inside out, not just the outside in. Oh, that's really beautiful. I love that because I see the parallels between the book that I wrote myself because I noticed that when I first was quite unwell, 
is that the the model of care in most situations is that the practitioner you're going to has the answers mm -hmm. and that you're waiting for the label the diagnosis and i love that you've actually illustrated that it's really you have all that you need within you and it's it's finding either someone to help you facilitate it or creating the space where you actually can tap into that and yourself you know so you yeah. don't you don't always need a facilitator that's i think what i'm hearing it's so true. that's beautiful and so what are your tips for living fabulously jody well you know i've listened to a few of your podcasts bev so i knew you were going to ask me this uh and you know i took a little time to think about it and my first gut thing was get to grace you get to the point where you're graceful with yourself. You, you make space for grace. You, know, you get rid of the guilt and the shame and there's just grace that sits there. But my simple tip, my shortcut to living fabulously is to forgive everyone all the time, especially yourself. So forgive, forgive, forgive. And that's horrible. <laughs> It's horrible to ask people to do because um, there's so many layers, you know, of forgiveness. But that truly is my shortcut to living fabulously. One of the tools that I love to teach is Ho'oponopono because it is that process that you can use for yourself, for situations, for your relationship with others. Because sometimes when we say forgiveness, we feel that sometimes it may be condoning what somebody's done but that's not forgiveness. So it's about making peace ourselves because when we sit with bitterness and resentment, it's actually what creates disease in our bodies too. So I love that you say that's your, your priority is, you know, forgive yourself <laughs> and others along, along the way. So that's wonderful. And you can find Jodie Scholes at her website, which is www.jodyscholes.com. And I will have this in the show notes so that you, we don't get the spelling wrong. And also, um, she's got a fantastic YouTube channel. So I'll put that in the show notes so that you can um, take advantage of some of the, the free uh, content that she's got. But thanks so much for being with me today, Jodie. What I really love is that the conversation is rich in its simplicity because you're sharing something that actually came to your own sense of, through your expertise but actually it's not about expert knowledge it's actually about inherent wisdom and i love that i love that juxtaposition between expert knowledge and mm. the inherent wisdom that our bodies actually have and i love that we've been able to give people examples because often when you talk about these perhaps some people feel you know if they're um, not in touch with their bodies that oh you know it can't just be a story but it really is. And I, I feel I can bear witness to that. Like I say, for me, I, yes, I did have an accident that broke my ankle. But it was because I wasn't paying attention to what my body had been trying to get me to listen to. There was, you know, this stepping forward in a different way, a different way of being. And so I love that, you know, you can take, and I, I guess your book is like a reference manual. It absolutely is, yep. Because it's, it's not going to be a one-time read. And so where can listeners get hold of the book, Jody? 
Uh, on my website, um, there's a book page there. And then the Body Blueprint actually has its own site as well that digs a little deeper into the topic on the actual, on the book page. Um, and that's just body-blueprint.com. Okay, good. We'll put that in the show notes as, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing this amazing wisdom so that others can actually start their healing journey or continue where they are right now. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.